want to go into Acts chapter 13 and look at some scripture here that brings joy into it. Uh, it doesn't look like joy on the surface when you begin to read it, but it is joy as we're going to see. But in Acts chapter 13, verse 13, the Bible says, From Pephos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. So we're picking up in the middle of the story, basically, that Paul and Barnabas and his companions, as he says, which included Luke, because Luke wrote the book of Acts, they're traveling, they're, they're on their missionary journey. And so they're traveling from place to place, as you see. And so he makes a point to say, this is where John left them to return to Jerusalem. John being another name, you, you hear his name is who? Mark. Or sometimes you hear him, John Mark. And so this is where John or Mark or John Mark left them on a missionary trip. Before they left Antioch, they said, John Mark's coming. And he got it within the group there and he went with them. But once he got on the mission field, he said, I'm going home. And we don't know why he left and went home. We don't know why he left them and turned around and went back home. We, we don't know the story behind that. Paul doesn't say anywhere in the scripture why he left. We just know that he left. And so it made it such a point that later on, after Paul and Barnabas went back to Antioch and regrouped, so to speak, and then got ready to go out on another missionary journey, Barnabas said, let's take Paul, uh, let's take John Mark back with us. Paul said, over my dead body, you know, basically is what he said. He said, we're not taking him back out there. He abandoned us. He turned back and he, he I'm not taking him. And it became such a, a dispute between him and Barnabas that you can take him if you want to. I'm not taking him. And Paul took Silas and the two of them went on a mission trip. And Barnabas, Barnabas took John Mark and they went on a mission trip. It, it split company with uh, Paul and Barnabas because Paul said, uh-uh, we're not taking him. Look what he did. And so anyway, uh, John Mark went home at this point in time. So from Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. And on the Sabbath, they entered in the synagogue and they sat down. So as was a custom, they would go to the Jewish church, wherever they were, like right here, Pisidian Antioch, and they'd go in, they would preach Jesus. And so the crowds would gather, the people would come to worship, and they would hear Paul, Barnabas, and whoever else was there in these trips, uh, hear them talk about Jesus, about salvation, about faith, about the resurrection, the crucifixion, and all the story about Jesus, and they would tell people uh, what it was to be saved, to be born again. And so here they go to the church, the, the synagogue, if you will, and they sat down on the Sabbath, and they began to preach. Well, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So we're skipping some space here because they're simply telling the message about what they're telling, uh, preaching there about uh, Jesus is what they're doing. Well, on the next Sabbath, a week later, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So there they were in verse 13, going to the synagogue on the Sabbath, preaching the word, preaching Jesus, salvation, born again. The very next week, practically the whole city of Pisidian Antioch said, we need to go hear this. We need to tell our friends, y'all come, y'all come. And, and so they all gathered to hear the word of the Lord. They wanted to hear from Paul and Barnabas and whoever else was with them. Well, when the Jews saw the crowds, all these people coming in from all around the city, the whole city gathering in the synagogue trying to get in there, when the Jews heard, saw the crowds, they were filled with joy. No, <laughs> they're filled with jealousy. Can you imagine? <laughs> people are just flooding into the church. I mean, just busting out the doors, just standing room only, as somebody said a while ago. And they're jealous of that. We don't 
really want that many people here, you know. I mean, we just like just a few, and so we don't want so many people. Why don't y'all go somewhere else? They were filled with jealousy, and look what they did on top of that. Not only were they filled with jealousy, because jealousy simply said, they're starting to listen to Paul and Barnabas about Jesus rather than listen to us about God the Father. Who We don't talk about Jesus. You know, he's not the Messiah, not the Christ. He's not the one who's come. We're jealous of that. They're following them instead of following us. And so the jealous, even more than that, they talk abusively against what Paul was saying. You ever had anybody talk to you abusively? Most people have, haven't you? It's just those words come out of that mouth, whoever it was, work, school, home, family, friends, somewhere on the street, somewhere, those words just come out of the mouth and it's just abusive language, just just words that you didn't want to hear, words you didn't expect, words you weren't planning on, and it's just a put down, it's just hurting feelings, it's hurting emotions, and it's like, how can I get out of here? Where, where can I go to leave? You know, that kind of thing begins to go through your mind. Well, that's what's happening to Paul and Barnabas and the others. Here's the Jews, they were jealous of them, but even more than that, they were speaking abusively against what they were saying. You know, we don't want to hear about that. Y'all need to take that out the door. Y'all need to take that somewhere else and just talking ugly and abusively to them about what they were saying. Well, what happened? How'd they react to that? How do, if you've ever been spoken to abusively, how do you react to it? You know, sometimes people will, were you going to call me that or say that to me? You just hold on and let my words get started. And so here we go. We talk back to them, you know, abusively like they're talking to us. And we can get a good argument going. We can get a good fight going, you know, and we can get a good stuff going here. Or sometimes people say, you're going to speak to that way. You're going to speak to me that way. I'll just leave. Just, just don't worry about it. I'll just go. I'll step back. Or if you're on the phone, you hang up. Or if you're texting, you don't text back. If you're on Facebook, you defriend them or unfriend them or whatever you do. You know, and all that. And so you just, different people deal with it in different ways. Well, how did Paul deal with it? They're jealous of them. They're talking abusively against them in the church, at the church, in the synagogue. So what does Paul do? Then Paul and, then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. They gave them an answer to what they were saying to them abusively against them. And with boldness, not being shy, not being with hell, they say, we had to speak the word of God to you first, meaning you Jews in your synagogue. We always make sure we come to the synagogue. We always make sure we speak to the Jews first in whatever town we go to, because that's why Jesus came. He came to save his people first and then reach out from there. And so he said, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to come to you Jews first. Wanted you to hear the word of God about Jesus first. Since you reject it, since you don't want to hear about Jesus, since you reject him and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. If you Jews don't want to be saved, if you Jews don't want to hear about Jesus, if you Jews don't want to accept who Jesus is, fine. We'll go tell somebody else. And so they didn't take it personal. They didn't get all upset. They didn't get their feelings hurt. They said, if you don't want to hear about Jesus, okay, (laughs) we'll go talk to somebody else who does. And so many times when we get spoken to abusively or we get spoken to ugly or whatever you want to call it, we begin to take it personal. You're attacking me. And Paul and Barnabas said, wait, you're not attacking us. You're attacking 
Jesus. You're talking against Him. You don't want to hear about Him. All we're doing is sharing Jesus. That's all we're doing. Is they're saying, you're rejecting Him. You're not rejecting us. And so they didn't make it personal. They didn't say you're rejecting what we're saying. You're rejecting Jesus. You don't consider yourselves worthy of eternal life through Jesus' faith in Him. So, fine. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to get upset about it. We're just going to go tell other people. And so it goes on to verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. We're just following Jesus. <clears throat> I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. They're just saying God made us a light to shine his light in us that we could shine the light to Gentile people, non-Jewish people is what Gentiles are. And that's who we're going to take the message to because the message of salvation is to go to the ends of the earth. That was so-called the great commission that Jesus gave the disciples in the first place. Spread the word of the ends of the earth. And so that's, they said, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the message all over the world. Well, when the Gentiles heard this, when they're listening, they're, they're there in this conversation. They heard it. They were glad and honored the word of the Lord. They're going to come speak to us. They're going to bring the message of hope and salvation to us. They're going to bring us Jesus. They're going to bring us the Lord. They're going to bring us eternal life. And so they and all who are appointed for eternal life believe. They, those that were Gentiles that were to be saved, they, they believed. They put their faith in Jesus. They were born again. They were saved. And so they were excited about it. One group is saying, I'm jealous. Speak abusively to them. One group says, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we're finally knowing about hope, eternal life, who it is that we have to go through, that being the Lord, Jesus. Well, moving on. So the word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. So as these Gentiles are being saved, being they're born again, they're coming into the kingdom, the word of God is just spreading throughout that whole region, not just that town, but all around that area. But hold on, <laughs> they weren't done yet. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. If you incite, not excite, and this is spelled correctly, unlike some things that were printed up this morning, Insight means what? Stir up. stir up. Sometimes people stir up things, don't they? These Jews stirred up the God-fearing women. Those women who were serving the Lord, being obedient to the Lord, those women who uh, had been serving the Lord probably for years and years, they were of high standing, they were well-known people of the city, and the leading men of the city, city you know, maybe wealthy people, uh, politicians, whoever it might have been, people of good standing of the city that uh, they were just inciting them. They were stirring them up. They said, we can't defeat Paul and Barnabas by ourselves, but we can stir some people up. We can get this thing moving. So they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. They said, we're just going to get everybody around here, get them all stirred up about what they're doing, and we're going to get them after them, and, and, and we'll persecute them and still talk abusively to them and about them. And not only that, they expelled them. They said, y'all get out of here. Y'all leave this region, leave this town. We don't want you around here. Every one of them just leave. And so they did. <laughs> Verse 51 says, So they shook the dust from their feet and protested against them. They went to Iconium. They said, fine. You're going to speak that way to us? You're going to treat us this way? You don't want to hear about Jesus? You don't want to be saved, born again? We'll go somewhere else that some people want to listen to him. And so they shook the dust from their feet, and you say, well, what's that? Well, Jesus said something about that. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 14, 
Jesus said, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. He says, just shake, you know, it's like you're just, it's like you know you're not welcome. You know you're not being invited to come back. You know you, they don't want to hear the message of Jesus, so just shake the dust off and move on. It's like you're done. You're, you're through with them. And so Jesus was telling the disciples there in Matthew 10 to do that when they went out on a mission trip. And Paul and Barnabas and the others said, we'll do the same thing. They don't want to hear. They don't want to listen. They want to accept Jesus. They don't want to know anything about him. We'll just move on. They weren't offended. They weren't upset. They weren't mad. They said, you don't want to listen. They didn't take it personal, saying you're attacking us. You just want, don't want to hear from Jesus, so we'll move on. And they did. They went on to Iconium, and Jesus said the same thing when he was preaching too. But here's the end of it. <laughs> and the disciples, Paul, Barnabas, and the others, were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that sound odd? That you're going through all this trouble, all this problem, all this abuse and abusive language and not wanting to be heard and not wanting to listen to you, and you feel with joy in the Holy Spirit? How could it be that way? How could it be? Exactly right. You're, you're, you've already read this, haven't you? <laughs> you know, exa that's exactly what happened because joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The joy comes from the Holy Spirit living in us. It doesn't come from what come from what's happening around us, come from what's happening within us, and it's not dependent on circumstances going on around us. If they were going to find joy in what was going on around them, they'd have had no joy. And sometimes in our life, we have things going on around us. We're trying to find joy in it. We can't find joy. This afternoon, we sat down and watched the LSU baseball game that lasted four hours and 15 minutes, and they lost. <laughs> and if I was looking for joy in that ball game, I wouldn't have any. They went through eight pitchers trying to find a winning combination, and they couldn't find it. Ten innings. <laughs> See, joy is not dependent on what goes on around you. Joy is dependent on what goes on within you. And that's what they were looking at, and that's what we have to look at. The word joy in the New Testament simply means that, a dancing heart. Now, can't you just visualize that within you? Your heart's dancing, so it's happy, it's joyful, it's got something to cheer about, it's got something to be joyful about. And if we've got a dancing heart, we've got joy, then that's dependent on the Holy Spirit living in us, not dependent on what's going on around us. Because if some stuff is going on around us, like LSU playing a 10-inning ballgame for four hours and 15 minutes, they lose, my heart's not going to be dancing. That's right, no big deal. That's right, yeah, Mississippi State, they had a dancing heart. <laughs> But you see how that works. Things around us are just falling apart. Just, I mean, it's just ugly. It's awful. It's terrible. It's just this news and that news. And is our heart dancing? It can be because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit living in us, not dependent on circumstances going on around us. Joy, a dancing heart. So here's what Paul and Barnabas faced. They had six reasons not to have joy. First of all, John returned to Jerusalem, John Mark. I mean, they take the young man with them, think, hey, we got somebody we're fixing to encourage and build up, and he's going to take over some things, and he's going to be the next missionary to go out on his own, and we see some good things about John Mark. Next thing you know, he's headed home. 
I don't know, maybe he's missing mama. Uh, you know, who knows? We don't know, but all I know is they said, we won't take him back again. So that was the reason not to find joy. The Jews were jealous of them. Wait, we're just telling people about Jesus. We're, we got joy in our heart and our mind or soul because we're born again, we're saved. We want you to be born again and saved. And why are you jealous of that? Why are you jealous of people following us talking about Jesus instead of you? And that could be something not to have joy about. The Jews talked abusively against them. You know, there they come talking to them face to face abusively and just saying ugly things and mean things and hateful things and, you know, don't like them, don't want you around, whatever it might have been. However they put it, that's something not to have joy about when somebody talks to you ugly. Also, Jews rejected Jesus. That's why Paul and Barnabas were there so that they could receive Jesus and they're rejecting Jesus. And that could be something that you don't have joy about. I've just laid out the gospel to you. You don't want to hear about it. You don't want to listen to it. You don't want to respond to it. Boy, that's not making me very happy because of that. They could have had no joy over that. Also, then Jews incited people against them. They began to stir people up. Hey, we're against Paul and Barnabas. Why don't y'all come gather up with us and y'all get against them too and we'll just get us a big crowd and we'll protest and we'll just call them a lot of things and we'll finally, finally get the message to leave. Finally, they did. Jesus expelled them from the region. So they got six reasons there that they could have had no joy in their life. They've given their life to God. They left their home, their family, their, their surroundings, and they've gone to parts of the world they've never been to before, and they're giving their hearts and everything they've got to the work of the Lord. And now look what happens to them. These six things happen to them. They could have really just sat down one day and said, boy, I see why John Mark left now. <laughs> I'm with him. You know, if we're going to be treated like this and this is the way it's going to be going where we go, well, we might as well just go back home too. I mean, where's the joy in this? But hold on. <laughs> there were six reasons they could have had joy. One was the whole city wanted to hear the word. They preached one week in the synagogue. The very next week, the whole city gathers up. I mean, people coming from all over the whole city said, we want to hear what you got to say. I mean, that's the reason to be joyful. The Gentiles wanted to be saved. Hey, the Jews may not, but we do. Tell us about Jesus. They were the light of the Gentiles. They had the light of the Lord living in them. They were the light of Jesus to the world in which they went. And there's joy in that because we have the light. We are the light. Also, the Gentiles, there we go again with those spelling. Hmm. The Gentiles. That's the gentle Gentiles. There were gentle Gentiles and there was rowdy Gentiles. These were the gentle Gentiles. So... The Gentiles were glad and honored the Lord. Where they were, the word honored the word. They were glad to hear the word. They were glad to honor the word. We want to hear more. Just teach us more. We want to honor God's word, and we're glad to hear from it. Keep on. The Gentiles were being saved. I mean, here's people getting saved all the time, every day, and uh, that's something to be joyful. And the gospel spread throughout the whole region. As they went around that area and that where they were. Uh, people were spreading the word. They were hearing here. They were going to tell somebody else. They were telling somebody else, and the word's just spreading. So there's a lot to be joyful about. So, hold on. We're almost done. Therefore, joy, that is a dancing heart, is a choice. We can choose to be joyful, or we can choose not to be joyful. If they'd have gone with these six reasons of what's going on around them, all these things happening around them, they said, we, we're not going to... Where's the joy in this? We didn't sign up for this. Let's just go back home and quit. Or they could have said, hey, look at what's happening. Look at what's going on around us. There's something to have a dancing heart about. 
And so they had a choice to do. So we'll, we'll either allow the Holy Spirit to give us joy, comes from within us, or we'll allow our circumstances around us to take away our joy. Which do we choose? See, Paul and Barnabas had a choice. They could allow those people. They could allow those events. They could allow their anger. They could have allowed their circumstances around them to take away their joy. Which would they choose? They chose joy. What do we choose? In a day-to-day life in which we live, what do we choose? Do we choose joy because of what the Holy Spirit's doing within us? Or do we choose not joy because of what's going on around us? Which do we choose? One last verse, Jesus said, John 16, 22, He's preparing His disciples for His death, getting them ready for the, re- for the crucifixion. And He said, So with you, now is your time of grief. They were all upset because He's been telling them about the crucifixion coming, about dying and the resurrection, and all that's about to happen over the next couple of days. And He said, Now is your time of grief. Now you're upset. I'm leaving you. I'm going away. I'm talking to you about all this. And you're filled with grief. But I'll see you again. And you'll rejoice when I see you again. And here's the end of it. No one will take away your joy. People don't take away our joy. They can't. Because joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Nobody can take the Holy Spirit from us. No people, no circumstances, not even Satan himself can take away. But we can give it away. Okay, I'm going to be more worried about this over here than about what the Holy Spirit's doing in me. I'm going to be more upset about what's going on over there than the joy the Holy Spirit gives in me. And so then it becomes a choice. I can give away my joy to stuff and things and worry and problems and trials and tribulations and attending a 10-inning ball game that went four hours and 15 minutes and my team lost. Or it can be about the Holy Spirit living in me. Which do we do? They chose joy. What do we choose? Choose joy this week. Jesus said, nobody can take it from you. Don't give it away.